welcome in. Thank you so much for joining us on the CCA California podcast. My name is Chris. I am solo today. I'm actually coming to you from Houston, Texas at the CCA National Headquarters with my good friend, Pat Murray. Pat, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Chris. Glad, <laughs> glad we're doing it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for uh, having, uh, I guess, having me at the office here, and it's been it's been a great trip so far. Yeah, it's weird not seeing you in California. I, mean, I know. You're I'm... here in Texas. you got to say y'all. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, it's so weird uh, being here as opposed to the, the AFCO conference room and yeah, exactly. all that. We actually just had a board meeting last week, too, which was pretty productive. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. <laughs> they always are. Yeah, they always are. Um, well, cool. Let's uh, let's get into it, Pat. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I know CCA is relatively new in California, and um, tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey through CCA. Yeah, it's been a long one. Uh, it's been a good one. Um, super rewarding. I actually first got sort of associated with CCA as a volunteer um, in the late '80s. I was uh, just starting as a fishing guide in, in Texas, in the upper Texas coast, light tackle, um, fish for speckled trout and redfish. So I knew of CCA and I knew the great legacy of the redfish wars and banning gill nets and all these amazing things that had been accomplished. Um, and so I was volunteering some, and then, um, and then while I was fish guiding, I donated quite a bit of trips just because I believed in it. And mm. then uh, an opportunity came around for me to interview for a job as an assistant director, so overseeing grassroots fundraising in some chapters um, in CCA, Texas. And so this was, um, goodness, in uh, 1990, now when was that? So it's been 25 years ago. So wow. there, there you go. <laughs> um, cool. and, uh, and so I've been there ever since and uh, have mm-hmm. been 100% bought in the whole journey. I've been in seven different roles um, in various capacities, working for CCA Texas and CCA National, and then became the CCA National President in 2009. Um, okay. So like I say, it's been an incredible journey, um, and, and it's been, you know, I believe in the cause, believe in the organization as much as ever. Nice. Very cool. I mean, with your role as president and all that stuff, I mean, it's been quite, just since I've been around CCA and all that, it's been quite productive in just in the last handful of years, for sure. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's been great to see it grow the way it has. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, it was fascinating. I mean, it was, it was painful at times, but it was fascinating uh, through the pandemic, what we've done. Really? And to me, it showed the dynamic nature of the organization. Um, it showed its importance. Um, even in the face of what was kind of a challenging time on every level in a sense, mm-hmm. um, no matter where you were on that issue, it was challenging in some way and impacted your life in some way. And, uh, and then the loyalty of our members was just, was just inspiring. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the fact that people still kept supporting, even with the distractions of the, of the pandemic, was just a real bold statement of how important CCA is. Would you say that the, I guess, the relationship between CCA in general and the angler grew even stronger through the pandemic? That's a great question. Um, yeah, I would. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I think it did because I think mm-hmm. a lot of people reconnected with the outdoors. I mean, I think that's pretty established. And um, we saw it was really interesting. We saw people through that period, particularly in 2020. Um, even though we weren't having banquets, so it was significant drop in, in membership participation. Right. Um, but we saw people 
who hadn't renewed for years who were coming back. Really? And they were fishing. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's a, or, or other word for working from home is mm -hmm. fishing. <laughs> right, know, a lot right. of people were out enjoying themselves. Mm -hmm. and, and then I also think we had a new wave of people getting into fishing. Well, I don't think, I know that. And, yeah. and I think um, we're probably still in the process of getting those, you know, the, that sort of new wave of angler involved. Um, but I think there's a grand opportunity in fishing um, in general, be it mm -hmm. whatever, freshwater, saltwater, inshore, offshore, to have some of these new people get bought in to the role of conservation. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and maybe even more so for them to understand they can make a difference by joining a CCA or for that matter, any great group, mm -hmm. um, that they can really literally impact it. And, um, and that's pretty exciting. I right. mean, there's a lot of passions that you get involved with that it's pretty difficult to actually make a difference. And fishing's one where you can make an impact in conservation. Absolutely. I mean, with, with the, I mean, you kind of said yourself where with the pandemic, it kind of brought a natural opportunity mm -hmm. for more people to become, you know, sportsmen and fishermen and fisherwomen and all that. I'm sure you've probably seen that across the whole country. Yeah, uh, increases in participation and all that. For sure, recreational fishing licenses reflected that, um, and I think there's just that recalibration, you know, for a lot of people of what really matters here. You know, it was that mm -hmm. moment where, you know, and you see it again right now. Some of the economic um, issues and inflationary issues are maybe changing some behaviors a little bit, mm -hmm. um, but people reconnected with. Well, you know, the beach or fishing or, for that matter, their backyard. Yeah. And, and we hadn't seen that, you know. The there's been this, yeah. And there's been this you know, multi-decade-long gnash about people getting disconnected with the outdoors and being more about video screens and whatever all. Mm -hmm. And it took a pandemic to kind of change that tide, mm -hmm. pun intended. And, um, and so the question is, how sticky is that trend? Mm -hmm. And so far, I've actually been pleased and maybe even a little surprised that it's been as sticky as it is. Hmm. Um, we're seeing in some of our star tournaments, um, so our, our statewide tournaments in a number of states, the participation is really, really strong still, even with high gas prices, mm -hmm. um, which is, again, I think that's a statement that, that, that shows that people, when they reconnected to fishing, in this case, um, they're, they're staying with it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm encouraged. That's great. That's actually great to hear yeah. that people are sticking with it and all that. It, it's not a one-time fluke or whatever. Just yeah, a year. we'll see. I mean, it's the durability that the <laughs> yeah. only time will tell. But um, the fact that it's still here now, and again, with some inflationary pressure on mm -hmm. you know consumer goods and, and energy and a lot of things that really affect um, the cost of fishing. Yeah. Um, so far, really pleased. Nice, nice. With you know, with you being president of CCA and all that, um, you know, you wear multiple hats all sure. all over the all over the place. Um, you know, what kind of drew you to the advocacy part? What what kind of you know, I guess, uh, ma makes you go on the advocacy front? Yeah, that's uh, that's probably at the core of what immediately attracted me to CCA mm -hmm. was the advocacy. Everything's important. Membership's important. Fundraising's important. Communication's important. All these sort of different components of our of our operating model are critical. Mm -hmm. Habitat's huge. Um, I have a lot of passion there. But in the end, um, you know, if you don't have the advocacy, you have nothing. Mm -hmm. And um, our founder, Walter Fondren, really taught me that, was that 
Um, you know, you can establish all the reefs in the world and rebuild fish stocks, but if they're not being managed properly, if they can be over-harvested, if they can be harvested with destructive gear mm -hmm. um, to the point of overfishing and, and truly damage to the stock, then what was it for? And the only place you can control those things um, are through advocating, and yeah. be it on a local, regional, state, mm -hmm. federal, all of it. It mm -hmm. it all matters, and and that's the other piece of the puzzle is that. It's very difficult to address fisheries unless you have a fairly broad footprint. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, fish have fins, and mm -hmm. so they don't understand borders, and they, um, everything they do opens them up to peril. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. so to properly manage them, you gotta really take a broad view of it. Mm -hmm. Well, you kind of touched on one of the main pillars of CCA where, you know, we're still trying to kind of get our footing on the habitat portion in California. Mm -hmm. CCA has a name for habitat all throughout the Gulf states and, and beyond too, right? Sure. Our Building Conservation Trust is a support organization, but it's, it's part of CCA. And, mm -hmm. um, and it, you know, states, particularly in Texas, Louisiana, and Florida, do a lot of habitat work that they fund themselves mm -hmm. um, through their own operations. Um, but the Building Conservation Trust was established to secure corporate partnerships and help raise dollars that are then driven to the state chapters to do habitat work. Mm -hmm. That's sort of the vision of that. Mm -hmm. And really what happened, um, I guess I'm going to go on, on, on a little Walter uh, Fondren <laughs> kick, but a, a Walterism that really stuck with me was uh, that fisheries move to the small end of the funnel. And I always loved the way he said that because mm -hmm. Um, if you visualize a funnel, it gradually, no matter what fishery you're dealing with, it comes down to days and inches and you know seasons and all these things. It keeps getting tighter and tighter and tighter um, as you better regulate it or you deal with challenges in the in the fishery or in the stock. And um, and habitat goes the other direction. It actually expands things, and that really has resonated to me, particularly in this last decade, more than anything, is that you know you go build a reef, it's not just that it aggregates fish, it creates production. And mm -hmm. there's science that backs that up now. And and then, you know, in the case of let's say oysters, you're actually cleaning the water column on top of it. Mm -hmm. You're sequestering carbon. There's all these amazing things that happen through habitat. So I don't want to say that's our future. Um, at times I've said that about BCT because it's a key part of our future. Mm -hmm. But back to your question on advocacy, it, if you don't, again, if we lose the advocacy piece, then it was all for nothing. Yeah. So the two That's are true. deeply <laughs> intertwined. Yeah. And I mean, you gotta have sound habitat for good fisheries, but you gotta have good management. Yeah. And then you add, you know, av or, uh, fundraising and membership into that. Uh -huh. I mean, there's so much important stuff going on here. There is, <laughs> and it's funny too, the, uh, the fundraising and membership when I started with CCA, I didn't get that that isn't just about raising money to go do these things, to go advocate, to go do habitat, all the important work we do. It is a part of it, mm -hmm. but the other piece of it is is getting together this army of volunteers and creating that sort of union through the local chapters. Mm -hmm. That's the alpha and omega of our organization, is these local chapters, in that if you're in the you know, XYZ chapter, no matter where you are in the United States, be it Washington State or tip of Florida or Virginia or wherever, is that 
you're part of something. Mm -hmm. And once you're part of something, that in, to me, it's sort of an indelible part of that person. There's so many people within CCA that have been doing it for 30 years, and it's literally core to their personal culture. I mean, mm -hmm. they'll tell you that their friends are CCA people, they live that lifestyle. And, um, and that's pretty cool. I mean, I think mm -hmm. that's an interesting statement on the importance of conservation, but also how recreational anglers get it, mm -hmm. you know, more so than some other pursuits. So basically, you know, we, we've, we've talked about this plenty of times at length where the local chapter is pretty much almost like the backbone of what we do mm -hmm. at CCA. It really is. And we're, you know, building a bunch of them here in California. Yeah, it's <laughs> been really exciting. I mean, what's a, a neat little piece of CCA trivia is that is that CCA California, as you well know, um, was adding chapters through the pandemic. Yeah. Um, that's rare. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, that was a, a neat statement to me on, on the drive that, that comes uh, from, from the board, um, from the staff, folks like you and Wayne, um, and just the amazing chapter leadership. Mm -hmm. um, it's, I will say this, and I, I, you heard me say it any number of times, and it really is true is that I leave those CCA California board meetings more inspired than probably any other meeting I go to. Wow. That group is just all in, mm -hmm. and I just love it. I mean, even if there's a conflict on something, it's still all in. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's yeah. all for this sort of further development of the organization. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just, it's a, I mean, there's great things to come for CCA California. There's no doubt about that. Oh, for sure. When it comes to the local chapter, what you kind of see us doing here in, in, in California when starting from San Diego all the way up to Kern County and, and all that, how do you think, I mean, I guess this is kind of your, I guess between us, um, uh, what's your outlook? What, what's your report card and how we're doing so far? Oh, you're doing amazing. And it's, mm -hmm. and I'll tell you the other thing is what's amazing. I mean, you would, if this was playing out in any state, the progress has been fantastic. Um, now that I understand the environment in California a little better, because mm -hmm. you know, everyone, every state says they're different. Yeah. I mean, that's just <laughs> the way it is. They all say they're different. California's different. Yeah. <laughs> There's no doubt. I mean, operating wise, and I'm not saying there aren't other states where it's more challenging than others, mm -hmm. um, but California is, you know, I mean, unique is not an under or overstatement. It's what it is, <laughs> you know? And, um, and so you, you, the, the, the progress today has been incredible, mm -hmm. um, particularly within that environment. And again, I can't say enough about that board of directors. Mm -hmm. So impressive. Um, just, and, and, and again, just the dedication, the passion and, um, and the, you know, in local chapters, it's, it's, as you know, well, it's difficult. Yeah. I mean, the, the local chapter process plays out with um, some real challenges in California, and it's, it's no less important there either. So that makes it, you know, really a key thing to focus on, and I think that's exactly what y'all are doing. Mm -hmm. When it comes to, I mean, you've met pretty much all, every single one of our uh, chapter presidents sure. and all that. I give a lot of credit to those guys. Absolutely, the chapter leadership. I mean, they're sure. basically just kind of running the show on the fundraising front, on the membership front and all that, and the state board. I mean, it's amazing, kind of like what you said. Yeah, no, it is. And I, <laughs> I mean, the local chapter leadership, I'm not going to say, you know, is more important than the board, but in some ways is mm. because it's really where that's where the magic starts. And so maybe it's 
not more important, but it is definitely the origin of, if you look at everything output, outcome, and impact-wise that comes from CCA, it starts right there. Yeah. And, and I can't stress that enough to people, having looked at it for this long, is that, you know, when, when the early framers of CCA came together um, and in the late 70s and, and were meeting, and, and in the early 80s trying to figure out how to deal with gillnets in Texas, Mm -hmm. is their meetings were really no different than the meetings that are going on in California right now or, or Baton Rouge, Louisiana, or wherever it would be. That same passion is as alive as ever. Mm -hmm. and, and that's kind of exciting yeah. if you think about it, is that because you look back to some heady days of you know, these 14 recreational anglers getting together and saying, you know, banging the table, we're going to make a difference. Um, you go, wow, that's really cool. And they started this whole enterprise that, that's grown to what it is now. But that's going on like tonight. You yeah. know? <laughs> I mean, seriously, like there'll be yeah. meetings tonight. There'll be banquets this week. There'll mm -hmm. be all sorts of things that are the same as then and are as important, if not more so now. Mm -hmm. So pretty exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when it comes to I mean, first off, the banquets out here, they're amazing. If you've ever been in Texas or whatnot, you have to go to a CCA banquet. Yeah, they're, it, they're, it, it's awesome. Yeah, they're definitely, uh, they're definitely supersized. There's no doubt. Yeah, yeah for sure. It kind of makes California as kind of like still the beginning stages of, of what's to come. Yeah, and, and believe it or not, though, there's, there's every chapter is in different phases of development, different mm -hmm. sizes all the time. You know, I mean, shoot in CCA Texas, which has been around obviously the longest, um, you know, there's chapters that, you know, are, are quite small. There's ones that are obviously tremendously large. Mm -hmm. um, they're starting new chapters right now. Um, it's just a process. I mean, it really is. It's a constant process. And it's, it's kind of like anything. You have to constantly stay at it. Yeah. Um, you know, I heard a, a metaphor the other day that someone was sort of talking about staying sharp. And they said it's like becoming a marksman with a gun. And if you set it down for two years... You, when you pick it back up, you may still be able to shoot well, but you're not going to be as good as you were two years ago. And I think this organization is the same thing. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't ever autopilot, ever. Yeah. And it's, again, it's, it's all the way up. It's the local chapters. It's the staff leadership. It's the board leadership. And all of those have to just constantly be on focus to, to make it all happen. It seems like, you know, like an organization, organization like CCA, um, you kind of hinted at it where every chapter we're not it's not final we're all kind of developing California's mm -hmm. developing in our own way as is as is Texas I bet absolutely and you never know what issue's going to come at you mm -hmm. and 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 the funny thing is being a mission driven a vision driven organization we have all the operating challenges that any sort of business might have but the fact that the product we create is advocating for good management and healthy resources, um, it makes it really complex, you know? And I mean, like, you know, everybody knows is when you do that sort of combination, um, it, it definitely creates some challenging times, but also it's, it's, it brings people closer together. Mm -hmm. And I, again, I've seen that through the pandemic where um, our boards have gotten better. I mean, because it's, it's been tough, you know, at certain yeah. times. And, um, and we've actually managed to grow through it. You know, we've managed to um, grow stronger through it. And organizationally, we've never been in better shape, which 
there were moments in 2020 I might not have told you. <laughs> I mean, I was forever an optimist. Yeah. But um, but I might have said we probably would look a little different around this time. Yeah. And we're far stronger than I could have, you know, ever hoped for. I think everyone was kind of thinking the same way too. Sure. When it comes to any families or businesses or whatnot. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I mean, what business wasn't at least startled? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then some that grew and thrived, like the fishing industry. Right. Um, and then some that you know still challenged, like a, a dry cleaners. You know, I mean, you yeah. just don't you across the spectrum of it. Um, it's it's definitely um, it, again. It gets down to a statement of durability, mm-hmm. and and CCA I think showed its durability through that. Absolutely, Pat. Can you tell me the story as to I guess what led you to opening up a state chapter in California? You know, um, we looked at it for a long time, mm-hmm. and we were in you know conversation with Bill Shedd um, among others um, for quite some time, mm-hmm. and it really came down to when it was established, a lot of it was Bill um, and, and a small group of leaders. It mm-hmm. was, wasn't just Bill in that sort of leadership group. Um, but I know from our side, I know from me personally, it was his incredible character and integrity. And um, there's just not a lot of Bill Sheds in the world. We need more of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's and, for sure. Uh, and when he said he was all in and I mean, you know, like I say, you just, you just don't get a stronger leader than mm-hmm. Bill. He is, um, and I've told him this, he is as good a chairman as I've ever seen, um, ever. And wow. that's in any of the organizations I've been involved with across every acronym you can imagine. Um, he is as good as you will ever see. And <laughs> so um, that, I mean... I, like I say, I kind of hate to put it on any one point, right. but that was clearly a confidence point. Mm-hmm. We knew we needed to be in California. I mean, my goodness, um, <laughs> you know, it's always in the top three recreational fishing states in the U.S. It's got right. so much coast. Um, and interestingly, Southern California had fisheries that we could relate to. Um, they're not unlike the Southeast region, which obviously is what we're most familiar with. Huh. You know, because... Um, you know, some of the inshore stuff is a little bit different, but the offshore stuff, a lot of it's the same. You know, we're talking about tuna and, mm-hmm. and you know, migratory species and, and so different, but not totally foreign. Like when we first went to the Northwest mm-hmm. and we're trying to better understand salmon, you know, I mean, that was, you know, to a speckled trout and redfish, that's a Martian, you know, right, imagine right. species. It was like, <laughs> wow, we just really... We had a lot of ground to cover learning. Um, yeah. This one, we obviously always do, but um, but it was a little more understandable. That's interesting. So when it, when it comes to Bill, um, w- was he always involved with CCA even before we started the CCA California chapter? Not really. Um, I mean, he, we were in conversation, mm-hmm. but uh, I knew his reputation through ASA, American Sport Fishing Association, through International Game Fish Association. He was just such a figure and still is right. in in the community, um, and you know I knew him from conferences and whatever. You know we'd have a recreational fishing summit or something like that that he mm-hmm. would be at. So so we knew each other, but um, but his reputation was uh, far and wide. Yeah, and Absolutely. still is. Oh yeah, for sure. 
when it comes to California, uh, we're <laughs> we're kind of like trendsetters, both good and bad and all mm -hmm. that. And one of those recent trends that we kind of set it back in 2020 was 30 by 30. Yeah. Um, it kind of first hit California and it seemed to be almost kind of like a wake up call for the rest of the country because now you're starting to see all these bills pop up in different states. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny how a lot of that sort of management mischief starts in California. Um, <laughs> for better or for worse. For better or for worse. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. For better or for worse. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the 30 by 30 concept, which is obviously, you know, um, at least how it applies in our space, is, was the concept of closing 30% of waters, you know, by 2030, and there's mm -hmm. 50 by 50, and probably every other version we could imagine. Um, and the the concept in general is not foreign. You know, it's been around marine protected areas, marine reserves. How do those manifest? Mm -hmm. um, can recreational fishing um, be a part of them? Would it be excluded? You know, all those sorts of things. And we've seen it manifest, like I say, in every region at various times. But this one did feel a little different. Mm -hmm. um, it felt far more menacing, um, kind of like when the Ocean Commission was created during the Obama administration. Um, well, actually, it had floated around before then, but it was the, they really, truly began to manifest it. We thought, okay, what is this going to end in? A big string of marine reserves that, you know, are literally aquariums and nothing else. Mm -hmm. um, that's a little bit how 30 by 30 felt to me when I first was sort of getting up to speed on it. Um, now, you know, other than in California, we've been... Um, cautiously optimistic now that it's not excluding recreational fishing. The language we've seen federally has been, I'll say, encouraging. Mm -hmm. um, but we're always wary. Yeah. And um, because the challenge in things like this is that it appeals so much to to managers because then you know yeah. the exclusion <laughs> concept, I should say. Right. Um, and and the fear is always it appeals to a lot of just Americans that are off the coast, you know, that aren't familiar with the ocean. They think the ocean's beautiful. Oh, wow. You know, we need to protect whales. Mm -hmm. And so they think, well, there should be no fishing. You know, and really, it's just, it, they're, they're just not familiar with it. And they don't necessarily inherently understand that, that recreational anglers are the first and best steward of the resource. Yeah. And the original converse, uh, conservationist. It really is. And I mean, you know, hunters sort of preceded us. Mm -hmm. um, but but it's funny how the issues are the same. You know, I mean, you know, think about people back when they were eradicating all the bison. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you think back to that time and everyone thought everything was limitless. Yeah. And so you overharvest. Well, that mystique that you can overharvest, um, dire that it is, but mistaken in that that sells to people that aren't on the coast. Because they're like, oh, wow, if we just exclude everyone, everything will be okay. And, you know, the oceans will thrive and everything will be wonderful and it'll be, you know, this Garden of Eden again. And that's just not the case. Yeah. Um, you know, it, as long as there's anglers out there, there'll be people working for the good of the resource, trying to make it better. You take anglers out of the equation, and man, I don't know. I do not know what would happen. Yeah. And so that, to me, is why initiatives like 30 by 30 are, are menacing, and we have to take them very seriously. Mm -hmm. And um, and like I say, particularly because like in California, where you know legislatively it was going the right way, and then you get an executive order that comes out that, you know, there's yeah. just... 
And, and even if you have a victory, you still got to keep your eyes on it. I mean, right. nothing is permanent till the next vote, you know, <laughs> and, then, and then the permanency is, is ephemeral again. It's gone, yeah, you know, yeah. any vote can change anything. It, you know, it's interesting. What, what was your reaction back in 2020 when AB 3030 was kind of was squashed in California? I was so impressed. <laughs> uh, I was so surprised. Yeah. Now, I didn't know the exact legislative dynamics, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of I, I, my predictive skills there would not have been very high just in general, probably on any issue, just because I don't right. know the committee and, you know, this, where how it would play out um, on partisan roles and what have you. But the fact that that went the right direction, so to speak. In California, in, of all places. In California, <laughs> of all places. I thought, well, here we go. Yeah. You know, this is, this is going to be nothing. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, not surprisingly, <laughs> get reversed. Um, but then again, you know, we, and then we saw, like you say, we saw it sh- show up in a number of states. It's still showing up in states. Um, and again, very cautiously optimistic, you mm-hmm. know, really one thing that decades working on conservation and advocacy have taught me is um, be, be optimistic for sure. Um, but keep a certain level of skepticism. Yeah. You have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's people that are deeply incentivized from all different corners to undo good conservation. Oh, yeah, and, for sure. Yeah, that sounds, I'm not trying to aggrandize it, but that really is what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's people that really put a lot of effort and money into doing things that we don't necessarily agree with. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And, you know, when it comes to CCA National, yourself and Robert Taylor, um, you know, it, it, it kind of goes to show your commitment to California, to CCA California, um, you know, when you're flying out to board meetings every sure. quarter and, and all that. So, I mean, just, you know, kind of as an outsider looking in, you, you have a lot of, uh, I guess, um, hope and, and a lot of, uh, I guess, confidence in California, it seems like. I do. We're all in. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we decided to do this, um, we had, you know, a national board discussion on it. We'd had m- multiple discussions, but I'd been going back and forth with Bill on it. Um, there had been discussions, obviously, with that core leadership group in in California, and and you know, I could go just a litany of grand names that are leaders in our industry, not just leaders of of tackle companies or or what have you, but but leaders in the conservation arena too, which is really key. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, to have that depth of passion it was just it was a great moment to go all in and and honestly um it it was like this is the moment that i do think the cca model is the right one for out there Mm -hmm. Uh, i mean there's other good ones too there's other great organizations but i think this could be very high impact Mm -hmm. um and and so it was like we got to give it a go yeah you know because if we're going to make a difference we got to and so um that's what's happening and and it's funny. Some things have been more challenging than I might have thought. Some things have been um, easier, better. Um, the the one one of the things that stands out to me that has just gone so well is creating the culture among all of your volunteers, staff, leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, y'all created just a magnificent culture. Is it is it kind of a little bit different to what you see in other states? Oh, that's a hard question. Wow, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, it is. It is. It manifests differently. The passion's the same. Mm-hmm. I think that's the same. 
that same magic drink that changes everything, you know? Right, right. Uh, so that's probably the same. But it's, uh, and, and also too, I think the challenge, the challenges of California um, solidify that board in a different way. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a galvanizing effect. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so it, it, yeah, I guess it plays out different in every state. There are always parts, though, that hint at the same deep passion. Yeah. That's probably the overall unity in the organization. Do you see the CCA model kind of working in, in I guess, different ways or the same ways, more or less, in California than it does in other states? Yeah, that's another great question because um, I've reflected on that a lot mm-hmm. um, just because the way we have established various state chapters, um, sometimes we've been more rigid in got to do it this way. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we've been less. And with California, we were definitely more sort of open source approach. Mm-hmm. And it's, that was a good move. Yeah. Um, if I don't think it would have worked if we had said, okay, here's the chapter manual, go. Yeah. I just don't think it would have worked in California like that. I think it's just, to, to this day, I don't think that would work. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's taking CCA's model, but adapting it to fit that environment. Yeah, I think that's that, that's absolutely right. To where you know it, it's kind of adapting it to California, the mm-hmm. to our members, to you know basically just our fisheries, yeah, and to see how people react. And it seems like people are reacting quite a bit, pretty well. Oh yeah, no, I, I like I say it's um, I uh, I've been just thrilled. I mean, mm-hmm. like I say, y'all are steadily adding chapters, um, and people get it. I mean, your your group of volunteers get it. Mm-hmm. It's hard there. I mean, because in the end, the bigger your banquets, well, what Walter used to use a quote was, um, uh, the bigger the dance committee, the bigger the dance. And or I think it was better to the dance. But, but the point being, the more people you get involved, mm-hmm. the more people that participate. And I don't just mean in a leadership role. I mean going to a banquet, buying a ticket, showing up. Yeah. Um, the bigger the organization gets. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's the key focus for California right now. Um, besides, of course, all the important advocacy work that's going on mm-hmm. is is building that participation, um, yeah. getting people at those events, and that's challenging. You know, that's that's the hard part of it. That's that's moving the rocks around for sure. Yeah, and you know, as kind of like and speaking to myself as a, as a staff, it's kind of refreshing to have you know the the, the grandparent, the parent child re- relationship to where. You have, or we have, that flexibility to kind of go in our own way and to try something out, mm-hmm. some things out, and you know, just because it's California doesn't mean it's not going to work or it will work. It's it's great. You're so right. I mean, just think about you know Los Angeles chapter having a really successful banquet recently that was very sort of traditional. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean that doesn't look a lot different than an event that might happen in Texas or Louisiana or anywhere, Maryland, mm-hmm. um, and then. And granted, we do more of these than we used to, but look at the Orange County Golf Tournament and and how that's going to play out. It's very, very successful. Yeah. Um, now, we do golf events in mm-hmm. other states, um, but that one's probably going to become eventually really huge. I mean, it's already pretty huge. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of golf, are you going to come out for it? I am <laughs> not. I would love to. Oh. And I can honestly say, how about this? I've never played a round of golf in my life. Really? I, yeah. Huh. I uh that bug never bit me. Interesting. Um, yeah, no, I've never 
literally never, I mean, other than putt-putt golf when I was yeah. a kid, I'm serious, I'd never. Wow. Yeah, it was uh, it was all fishing. Oh, Robbie's gonna so be so disappointed. I know. <laughs> I feel bad. He's doing an amazing job. I mean, Robbie's doing an amazing mm-hmm. job organizing that and making it fun and 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 the place to be. Yeah, that's what makes events in our community, and I mean just the greater recreational fishing community, and probably true in every passion and pursuit. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what makes it exciting. You yeah. Know? Talk about a different chapter, though. Orange County yeah. is kind of where it's located, and obviously with AFCO's support and Robbie Gant being an AFCO and all that. It's, yeah, absolutely. It's a unique situation for sure. It is. No, it works great. And, and you're right. I mean, there's so much, there's so many footprints of so many organizations um, in the fishing community, mm-hmm. be it, you know, Doug Lasco with Akuma or Dave Pfeiffer with Shimano. Now, granted, they're in South Carolina now, but they still have a footprint there. And yeah. I mean, they still have a lot of people using all the various <laughs> gear of every place I'm talking about. You know, oh, yeah. you have so many and media folks, too. I mean, there's just it is so much about fishing, particularly in Southern California. Mm-hmm. that um, It's just a perfect fit. Yeah. And, you know, with our state chapter, with our local chapter model and all that and mm-hmm. with the support, I mean, I got to give it to all the manufacturers out in Southern California. Oh, yeah. They've helped us so much with the local chapters and some of them being on our boards and all that. It's For great. sure. Yeah. Hosting events. <laughs> and, and also what I love is not, um, they've been all in also. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, a number of the brands that we've already talked about, other brands too, yeah. um, that they're all in. I mean, and because it, it's been, you know, it's not like they just said, we'll help you kick off for a year or two. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're still there yeah. just grinding away on it. And that's really number one important. It's potent in that sense that you, it's a strong, strong little potion that they got going. So, I mean, there's a potency in having big brands that make the mission relevant. Yeah. And so that's been really exciting to me. And like I said, they're not going away. Yeah. I mean, they care. We can't do it alone. (laughs) It really, it really matters. And hopefully more and more will get involved too. Yeah, Um, I think so. And, and in various places, even throughout the U.S., you know, the, we see it with marine manufacturers too. Mm-hmm. I think I think there's been a greater understanding of the role of advocacy too, and mm-hmm. the role of conservation in general among that space. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've long known it. Obviously, you know, a fishery gets closed or gets depleted, and and that hurts sales of fishing gear or outboard motors or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I have seen thematically more people in that from that space get involved personally and professionally hmm. um, than I can remember. Huh, interesting. Yeah. That's, Very cool. Yeah, and I, I don't know what, I hate to say that light bulb moment, because I mean, like I say, there's been people <laughs> have been involved for decades, you know, we yeah. talked about Bill. Um, but for some, it, they did get a light bulb moment this last, you know, handful of years, and it's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, more, more people on the team, the better. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's, so I guess, I guess this is going to be a two part question. So first off, what is your general prognosis for what's your outlook on the future of CCA California? What, uh, what do you see coming to us or at us down the pipeline? Well, I think, you know, it's that balance of, of focusing on mission, but focusing operationally. Mm-hmm. I think it's a wonderful period to grow. Um, y'all are seriously looking at doing a, a statewide tournament, you know, or at least it'd be probably more Southern California focused, but whatever. But I mean, mm-hmm. a, the star name is statewide tournament and angler rodeo. Mm-hmm. Um, and interestingly, the origin was 
state of Texas Angler Rodeo originally, <laughs> but then we the brand worked yeah. as Star, and so we sort of changed, kept the acronym the same, changed the name behind it. Yeah, for um, sure. That's exciting. I think a tournament will work very effectively. Um, well, obviously, tournaments already work effectively in it, California. In a nutshell, can you explain just star, star, the whole star tournament tournament? Sure, and it does play out a little differently in each state, but sure. it's basically a tournament that runs from Memorial Day to Labor Day. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be a member to fish in it, um, which is good because it gets people involved, even if they're not super into conservation, mm-hmm. to fish in the tournament. They pay a fee, but then they have to be a member, so that means they start getting Tide Magazine, they start getting the communication from that local chapter, even their, mm-hmm. you know, their local chapter as well as their state chapter. Um, and then the divisions, the species, all of that play out differently in different places. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's neat is also by the fact that you got to be a member to fish in it, um, your odds go up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not yeah. just something that comes with a fishing license or whatever. Right. And, um, and so it was originally created to be a recruitment tool. Um, and it's really turned into a core brand for CCA um, and an amazing retention tool. A massive uh, tournament with yeah. massive prizes too. <laughs> Absolutely. In, in, in some states, I'll just say Texas, for example, um, you know, during 2020, which again, when a lot of people were fishing, um, you know, 58,000 people fished in that tournament. Wow. That's, yeah. I mean, I, That's I, a lot. I've been doing this a long <laughs> just time in Texas. and I say, wow, you know, it's like, <laughs> wow. But think about how exciting that is in the sense Mm -hmm. of, think how bright the future is. If we could have those in every state, Mm -hmm. and I don't mean, oh wow, CCA would do well. I mean, think about how many more people would be familiar with conservation. Yeah. I mean, that's really exciting, Mm -hmm. is that we could have a a way for people to get involved, you know, because the STAR tournament is sort of the gateway drug for CCA for many people. Mm-hmm. It's, it's what introduces them to, you know, wow, conservation, that's interesting. Wow, I didn't know I had a local chapter. They show up to some meeting and hear a, you know, a casting lesson or a, a jigging lesson or something yeah. like that from a fishing guide. And then they're like, man, I'm all in. And then they're, you know, getting an item or selling a ticket for a banquet. And they're part of the machine and they're part of the culture. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's a long-winded way of saying <laughs> the tournaments are more than just a tournament. Yeah. Yeah. And what's your outlook for CCA National, just to, or CCA in general for the oh, coming years? Yeah, like I say, the, the, our mission, our, our vision has never been more important. Mm-hmm. I mean, just because, if nothing else, there's so many more people moving to the coast yeah. throughout the U.S. There's more people that are either getting involved or going to get involved in the resource. That's another reason that habitat and advocacy both matter so much. Mm-hmm. Because the more people on the water, that's a good thing. We want that. Um, inherently, angler as anglers, um, we kind of cringe a little bit with like, "Oh no, not more." Um, but it's 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 a very encouraging thing. I remember many years ago, and this is really more about the fishing part than the conservation. But um, there was a, a guy that was a mentor to me when I was first getting into fish guiding, and and stayed one through my whole um, time doing that. And I remember one day complaining to him about, man, there's people all over my fishing spots today. The bay is just so crowded. <laughs> and he shook his crusty little finger at me and he said, man, you better hope your spots are always covered up. He said, because if we're the only ones out here, he goes, we're all in trouble. Mm-hmm. And that was such sage insight. And back then I didn't actually even totally get it. I was like, oh yeah, you're right. Well, I won't be booked. You know, what would I do? Right. Um, he had a greater message there, which was if you have people on the water, then you have advocates on the water. And so that's encouraging that there's more of those. 
that's an interesting outlook to, to look at or to look through to where, you know, it's, and we've always said it to where we, the more people that we get fishing, the better. The better. Yeah. And it's a little counterintuitive again for <laughs> anglers because you're kind of like, ah, no, yeah. I don't want that. Um, right. But you do. Um, and, and in the end, does it create new regulatory challenges? Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, does it create habitat, you know, abundance challenges? Sure. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but the reward of having more people involved, so that's more brains that are thinking different ways, that's more diversity of p- types of people fishing, mm-hmm. so you're getting different communities, all sorts of different influences, again, in the thought process, um, in the economic process, and all of it. Mm-hmm. So the more it grows, the better it is for conservation. Would you say that's kind of like an unintended mission of CCA to get more people out on the water through advocacy? Um, yeah, that's a, that's a neat question because that uh, I would say that is probably not how we started. Mm-hmm. Um, we were very issue focused. I think now it is more of a part of our our mission mm-hmm. because you know if if we're working to ensure the health of coastal resources and anglers' access to them, that means we got to have a lot of anglers. Mm-hmm. So. Part of that is helping people either get introduced to fishing or stay involved. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes part of almost more the operational model than anything. I mean, if you're going to get this good advocacy done and this good habitat done, you got to have a lot of people fishing. Now, fortunately, it's such a great pursuit. It feeds itself. Mm -hmm. But, um, but having things like tournaments, having things like local banquets, those create the fun part, I think, that gets you along between, you know, gets you from, I like fishing, to I want to make sure resources are, are better tomorrow. Yeah. I think I, I think we kind of agree, or everyone kind of agrees on that. We always want to, we're doing it for the future. Absolutely. Um, for the kids and for everyone. Yeah, yeah, for ourselves, for, for the next generation and, and beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and knowing that it's not going to get easier. Yeah. I mean, it's really <laughs> not. It's a, the, the, our mission and the missions of many, 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 many enterprises are not going to get easier. They're going to continue to be more challenging as more people pursue them, as you know, resources come under pressure, mm-hmm. plus just environmental anomalies. You know, yeah. you're going to have... You know, be it a red tide in in Florida, or you're going to have a, you know these things that are constantly part of the the greater eco, and um, and so it makes the mission more important. Yeah, I agree. Well, Pat, you are a busy man. We don't want to keep you too much longer. Um, how do we join CCA? How do we get more involved? I know we have the local California chapter and all that, but sure. from a national perspective, how do we get involved? Yeah. Um, well, there's, of course, the first sort of the mechanical way, go on to joinCCA.org mm-hmm. and, and get signed up if you're not already. And, and then it's about like anything, it's get involved. Mm-hmm. Be it again in California or on the East Coast is, is figure out your local chapter, go to a meeting, and just see what you think. And, and nine times out of ten, you're going to like it. Mm-hmm. And you're going to say, okay, this is exciting and this is fun and this is something I want to do. And so I really encourage people, first, foremost, you gotta got to be a part of the machine. you got to mm-hmm. join, but, but go check it out. You know, be it going to, even if you just go buy a ticket to a banquet, mm-hmm. um, go see what you see. 
And, uh, and then the next step will be recruiting some friends to come along with you. And that's the way the chapters grow. That's the way the tournaments grow. The, the, the golf tournaments grow. All mm -hmm. of it is, is people bringing their friends, their associates into it. And, uh, and that's why they, the, I think the model works and I think that's why the future is bright. Yeah, yeah. In a nutshell, sell some tables. Sell some tables. It's funny that <laughs> I get asked all the time, what can I do to help in conservation? How can I make a difference in the oceans? Mm -hmm. And I'm being a little glib, but I always say, go sell a banquet ticket. Mm -hmm. And um, go get somebody involved. And, and, uh, and that's, that's where you, know, you end up getting truly the, uh, the bite. You know, it's the bite yeah. that holds you. Yep, for sure. Well, Pat, this has been fascinating. Thank you so much again for, for coming on the podcast. And uh, it's, my it's great to see you in Texas. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Glad you're here and, uh, and appreciate you taking the time doing the podcast with me. It was great. Absolutely. Well, guys, that is it for this week. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Make sure to go follow us on Instagram at CCA California and uh, give us a like on Facebook as well. And uh, always, always more important, join CCA at joinCCA.org. Thank you so much, guys, and we will see you guys next week.